All right, guys, welcome to the MXU Lighting Podcast. I am uh, on here with my good friend, Tony Franson. If you've been a long-time listener, you've heard from Tony before on here. We had Tony, Tony, what was it, probably a year ago when we uh, recorded that last yeah, week? Yeah, I, I have to imagine about a year, yeah. 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 Um, I, I now rate things time-wise by which office I was in, because uh, we've been moving <laughs> and shuffling things so much. I can actually remember where I was at when we re- recorded your last one, and it may not have been quite a full year, but it was probably close to it. Yeah. But uh, wanted to have you back on here, and the reason being, um, and this is, uh, I'll preface this by saying, this was all uh, uh, Jeff and Lee's idea. Um, oh, that man. we start shifting. Sh- <laughs> yeah, uh, we're in trouble now. <laughs> we start shifting over to doing the lighting podcast without the two of them on it, and it's not that we don't love them; it's not that they don't contribute a ton to them, but it's a little different conversation when it's two lighting guys having the conversation together than it is, you know, when you've got uh, a couple, a uh, couple audio guys, you know, uh, jamming up the gears. Uh, kidding, kidding, of course. So you're saying we're going to yeah, get so, in the weeds then. Is that the idea? Oh, uh, we are totally going to get in the weeds. <laughs> okay, great, uh, great. Yeah, that's, that is, that is the whole plan. That is the only plan. Got it. No, uh, you know, when, when you and I talked about this, uh, your first question to me was, well, what are we going to talk about? And do you remember what my reply was? Yeah, you were like, uh, don't come with any agenda. We're just going to figure it out as we go. Yeah, and as so. of right now, so we, we're now started the podcast, and there's still no agenda. So oh we're, we're going to freelance this one. Well, are, Tony, are you are you are you a big podcast listener at all? Like other podcasts? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not. I'm actually a big YouTuber, which there is you kinda, go. Okay. which is kind of the funny. I, I I watch YouTube like all the time. God, yeah, it's like I'm addicted to it now. Man, it's funny, and I don't I don't want to lose my train of thought there, so I need to circle back to the podcast comment. But on the YouTube thing, um, I'm the opposite. Like I, I hate to admit this, I, I'm so I'm only 43 years old, which doesn't seem very old to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm a late adopter of YouTube, and mm-hmm. I, I think I'm I think I'm kind of showing. Um, I don't know. I'm almost kind of embarrassed to admit that in public, but um, it's only been this year that I started spending good amounts of time. Uh, on YouTube. Um, mm. I've not been much of, like a TV watcher anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't know why I didn't adopt YouTube earlier, but uh, I understood that there was a lot of ways to get knowledge on there, but for some reason, uh, I didn't take advantage of that. So shame on me and kudos to you for for being ahead of the game as usual. Um, but circling back to the whole podcast thing, um, I, I've started probably in the past three years, have really ramped up how much I listen to podcasts. And I really enjoy just the free flow conversational ones where you can tell there's really no agenda. There's no list. They just get on and start talking about stuff. And I feel like some of the most interesting conversations happen out of those. So here we are. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. There are some phenomenal podcasts, um, uh, phenomenal podcasts out there. And actually I've been listening a little bit in my car, but, uh, to just different ones that I think are kind of cool. But, um, but for the most part, man, YouTube is really where I'm like locked in. The problem with YouTube right now is that I think it, I think we're getting to a status level on YouTube where like good quality content is becoming a really big priority. And as we know with, with good quality, even though we can do it a lot cheaper than we used to be able to do it in say the nineties or the early two thousands, um, man, it still, it still costs a bit and takes time. And so I think, uh, some of the programming I'd like to see, I don't think exists yet, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's probably where MXU is, is headed and it's going to be doing a lot more of that in the future. So I'm excited to see that content, you know, are you, are you thinking mainly like in regards to our industry? Yeah. in our industry, um, you know, there's a lot of tech channels out there that are talking about like computers in general, but there's not a lot that are going in depth on subjects. And that's, and that's sort of an interesting, and I think the moment you start going a little too in depth, it ends up being a paid tier or something like that, you know, like everybody wants to move you into that, into that genre. But I I think there would be, it'd be nice to see a little bit more content that's out there that's educational. I loved it. You know, I love that kind of stuff, you know. Well, why don't you and I do that? Yeah, we should. (laughs) Let's just get it. No, I'm dead serious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of kind of tangent here, but uh, on that note, you know, you and I know each other from when we both lived and worked in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but neither of us, of us, uh, I think both of us still work in Nashville a lot, but yeah. we don't live there anymore. But yeah. funny enough, we we're what an hour and a half apart. Yeah, two hours apart. Minutes. Yeah, it's easy actually. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably don't want to go down this rabbit hole on, on this conversation and and give away the farm. But I'm I'm dead serious. Let's follow up on that offline. I think uh, be great. Maybe there's a way for us to team up uh, on doing some some uh 
YouTube content. Not obviously, obviously we are supporters of MXU and part of MXU and not, not doing anything in that range, but I bet there's some stuff we could provide that, uh, adds on top of that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe stuff we can, we can share with the guys. One of the things, I don't even know if you know this, but one of the things I love about what the MXU guys do yeah. is it's not all paid tier stuff. Yeah. They do have a, yeah. a decent portion of free content, uh, they put out as well. So well, yeah, even, maybe, even, you know, you know what I've, you know, what I've noticed is the product reviews that that lee's been doing recently are phenomenal lee and jeff both that they're just phenomenal and the quality is incredible and it's like yeah i could just see us doing a whole wide range of things like that it could be interesting yeah um, yeah, let's definitely talk about that one there we've already got some plans in place on that note uh some plans in place for starting to get some of the lighting product review stuff rolling out soon so maybe we can even pull you in for some of that because i guarantee you people get tired of hearing my opinions so (laughs) we'll uh We'll throw, we'll throw another opinion in there. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But, so what do you mean? What do you, what, what do we want to talk about? We want to talk about work, right? Like, we, well, I think, I think games? you were about, yeah. Yeah. I think you were about <laughs> to ask me the question I was about to ask you, which is, you know, it, we're kind of, I, I, I don't, I feel like I can safely say we're at the end of a crazy couple of years. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I think um, right. And it, which really threw our whole industry into a um, tailspin. I don't know if tailspin's right, but definitely shook things up and shook up the way we have to do things. So what have you been doing? Well, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you, you, we, we definitely have shaken it up. There's been, and I was actually just talking to somebody right before this, right before I hopped on this call um, and talking about this exact subject, but it's, you know, we've, the whole, the whole year has been shaken up for me in that, and not in a negative way. It's just now all the jobs are falling on different dates than they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had a lot of reschedules. Uh, which I think is kind of a weird thing. Um, but it's been due to like, nobody wants to do a big event in the winter when there's a possibility of everybody getting sick. And so they're right. trying to be conscientious of what the audience wants and needs. And, you know, ops, I think is a big subject in our world right now. Um, yep. So, you know, I've found that all of a sudden my summer is completely packed. Like I literally have zero time this summer. Um, oh, wow. And, and I'm actually having to start which I, this is a, I guess it's a good problem, but it's also a bad problem because I don't like doing it, but I'm having to like turn things down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just because I, I can't be away from the family any longer. You know, I've got, sure. I've, I've got a solid four weeks booked where I won't be home. And like, you know, I've got two twin, two twins that are two and a half years old and it's just not going to be possible, you know? So and those are days you never, you never get back. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just thinking through life a little bit differently in that regard, but, but it's been interesting to see the progression of, you know, this, this, you know, COVID and how it's all worked out. And now to see on the backside, okay, now everything is on a different date than it used to be every all, you know, mm-hmm. I work, I work on a lot of award shows throughout the year and all of those are now stacked up in the summer, which is very different than it used to be. So. Yeah, I think the last time you and I saw each other in person was on an award show. We were both working. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. And that one, that, that one turned out really cool. I was really, was really a blast to be a part of that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if uh, I just realized I've never talked to Lee and Jeff about whether or not they would like to, to keep these podcasts where they're. We don't really know uh, when they're recorded. You know, some people like kind of leaving it vague. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna totally break that rule if it's, that is something they do. But so today is March first. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 2020, 2022. Yeah. Um, don't know if you've been following the news at all, or at least all the news. Obviously, there's yeah, some yeah. big news going on right now around yeah. the world. But one of the things that's come out is the CDC has changed uh, mask mandate requirements. Yeah, uh, it's great. You know, we've got the state State of the Union tonight, which they've uh, you know Capitol. Uh, I don't know if it's is it Capitol Police or Capitol Doctor, whoever's changed mask requirements. So I say a lot to say we're starting to see a big nationwide pullback from some of the restrictions, yeah. which that's, that's been the holdup for me, you know, being in Oklahoma and I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, where you're, where you're living, it's a similar thing of a lot of the, the mandates were removed a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and we, you know, we've seen spikes in cases, but we haven't really seen spikes in, in deaths or anything. So it's some of these States have kind of taken the approach of, Hey, we know it's, it's here. We're not going to be able to live without it. Let's just try and manage it. And we kind of live in those areas, but there obviously has been a lot of places around the country where that's not the case. And I think that's one of the things that's, that has kept our events, you know, as you're, as you mentioned, constantly rescheduled, postponed, things of that nature. So I'm really hoping that this, this news of just the past few days of, of us starting to see some nationwide changes kind of 
um, in a positive way, throws gasoline onto the fire of our industry mm-hmm. and ignites things back up. So yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I'm 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 looking forward to you know spring tours being a thing and spring events being a thing again. Um, I know there's a number of things coming up. I think the country music world is really flourishing right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good things happening there. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it being back to a little bit more normal or we just end up adjusting completely to the new, what the, to the new way. I'm all, I'm, all, I'm open to that too. I just, yeah. I just want to get into the rhythm of it again and, um, and start being able to plan around it a bit. Do you think you will tour or do you think you will, uh, design program produce and send out? Yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not in a phase of life where I can break away and go on tour anymore. Um, it's just not, it's not doable. I, uh, actually got approached by a couple of tours, uh, early in the year, um, like back in the beginning of January, just different groups looking to, uh, put together different things. And I, it's not something I can really go and be on that said, um, I'm open to designing them and going out and doing rehearsals and checking in on them throughout the year. Um, yeah. but again, those have to be the right, the right circumstances, you know? So I'm going to kind of break off for a second here for, we've got, obviously have a wide variety of people that, that listen to the, the podcast here. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a lot of them aren't really from the touring market. So I'm going to kind of explain yeah. what we're talking about a little yeah. bit in case people don't, don't know, but, um, it's very normal that if you go to a show that the guy behind the lighting console, uh, did not design the show. Mm-hmm. And in a lot, in a lot of cases also didn't program the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, I, I'll be interested to hear your response to this, but, you know, I feel like the terms lighting designer, lighting director get tossed around interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my experience, they're not. Um, and it's, there's, there's some vagueness on what you, what you, what you can call what, but very, very often the common thing is for the lighting designer to not be the one out on the show. Now, during my career, when I did a lot of touring, I was usually both the designer and, you know, the director, but um, I've always referred to it as, you know, the, you have the lighting designer who designs the plot. Um, it kind of has the creative direction over the lighting of what's mm-hmm. going on. And then you have your lighting director who's out actually making it, it happen, making sure it stays that way through the course of the tour. And is often also the same person behind the console. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's even a third person there and the, the person behind the console is just the console op. Um, so what you're kind of talking about there is you're, uh, you're probably looking for opportunities again to be lighting designer for That's some right. of these tours going out, but then you'll, you'll teach, train, get a lighting director up to speed to go out and make sure your vision stays that way out on the road. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've actually done a bit of that. Um, but again, it's the key, the key piece to all of that is having a great team. And, um, I don't, you know, this year has been sort of interesting and I know you've, I know you're building a a phenomenal team there in Tulsa with your crew that you've got and, um, and that you're very, very blessed, but it's, it is hard to find good people right now. Uh, because yeah, a lot of people left our industry and, um, and, you know, finding other jobs and other forms of work. A lot of people have gone into television, moved to California and are very booked up mm-hmm. in that world. Um, and so finding really good quality operators is, has become a little bit of a challenge. Um, yeah. but we're always keeping our ears to the ground. <laughs> yep. So. We, we do, we do have a great team over here. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I, I, I don't get to take uh, very much of the credit for that. Just we've been, uh, you, you, you use the exact right term there. You said blessed and, uh, we've absolutely been blessed with just an amazing group of people. Just not just that they're good at their jobs, but they're just good people. That's right. Um, and that's one of the things I, I love is, you know, with a, since it's my name on the company, uh, I've loved that I've got a team that I can have absolute faith in mm. to go out and, and execute things, uh, and serve our customers in the way that I personally would do it, which is that's a, for a business owner, for a leader of any type, that is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually di- did lose one of our guys uh, the past few months and I, I, lose kind of has a negative ha- connotation to it. And that's, that's not really the case here, but he was one of our young, uh, you know, technicians and programmers. And with the way the industry is going, he kind of said, Hey, look, I, I love it here. I appreciate what DC pro has done for me, but, uh, you know, he was aware of exactly what you just said, that there's a a major lack of high quality technicians and operators in the market right now. Mm -hmm. And he said, I I really want to go to Nashville and try and, you know, kind of make a name for myself there. Cause I feel like it's a, a, there's a huge opening for it. And all I could say was, man, I'll miss you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, I hate that uh, we won't have you around here anymore, but yeah, absolutely. Go with our blessing. And we were able to, to hopefully open up a couple doors for him and, uh, I'm not going to name his name here because uh, I don't, I don't want to embarrass him. And uh, 
<laughs> but uh, I'll say this: he, he's he's a name you'll you'll hear later on uh, in our industry. I think he's gonna he's gonna do really well and go far. And hopefully, we've we've been able to kind of set him on the right path and help him time it well. Where yeah, um, you know, I, it's weird as I'm saying this. I'm having this thought go in the back of my head that suddenly worries me. Um, if you're working in a church right now and you're frustrated with the way things are going with the church, don't take everything I'm saying as a cue to go run off to Nashville right. and uh, jo- jo- join the circus and go, uh, <laughs> go out touring. However, uh, you know, uh, there is a, a big demand for qualified yeah, people yeah. in the yeah. market right now. And, so. it's, and, and right now it's a weird time to join. So if you are thinking about running off and joining the circus, just know it isn't, it isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Now, if you can get among, yeah. if you can get among a good group of, of people who are doing great things, there are jobs out there, but again, the jobs are going to be a little more spread out. Pay terms are a little bit more spread out and you have to be aware of that going in. So you might want to make sure you got your savings stack before you jump off. <laughs> Which, th- yes, absolutely. That's great and great and great and great advice right there. But uh, you know, so that, that is like, um, I think one of the secrets to both mine and your success is exactly what you said. We got kind of started with great people. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. is, and that uh, is the goal. We, you know, you and I both grew up, at different times in our, in our careers, I think you were a bit before me with Scott Moore, who's, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the best, in my opinion, one mm-hmm. of the best production designers, most creative guys out there. Although he wouldn't credit himself that way. Cause he, um, he sees himself as a nuts and bolts guy, but yeah. he's, but he's definitely one of the best there is I, in my opinion, you know? And I, and I agree. And that's one of the reasons why is he, he's stayed very true to the way he likes to do things and, yeah. and the way he thinks they should be done. And for him, because he's a, he is also a nuts and bolts guy. Uh, you know, he's, I think he's actually passed on some opportunities to possibly get out there and do, I mean, he's done some huge things for, for, you know, artists that everyone listening to this would recognize the names of. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's, because he is, it's the art and the craft and the process that's so important to him more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, he, he stayed really focused on that, which is why his name isn't uh, maybe such a, a household name in our industry as some of the other uh, big production designers out there. But yeah, you and I both kind of got started in that vein with that group of people. And there were some other people oh, yeah. around Scott Moore. I mean, Scott Moore, Scott DeVos, Andy Dunning, uh, mm. uh, you know, all amazing I, uh, people. Th- those are the first ones that come to mind, but that was definitely the secret is being around those good people. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to hear your response about this. There were, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. There were, if I can say that there was, there's a, there's a place in my career that I, I will give myself personal credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hate to even say personal credit because, uh, you know, to circle this back around to just the, the spiritual aspect, I, I very much feel it was the Holy Spirit mm. helped guide me, helping me make the right decisions through the course of my career. Um, but, there were times when I gave up bigger, more glamorous projects uh, in exchange to for, for working with the people that I trusted and, and, and had a relationship with, mm-hmm. uh, like, like the Scott Moores, like the Andrew Stones and all those. Mm-hmm. Um, and in hindsight, that paid off massive dividends because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't necessarily maybe have those credits to my name, but there's, it's funny. One of the things I notice now is that at this point in my career, there's not a single person that asked me, hey, will you give me a list of the, the acts you've worked with? Um, because what they care about is reputation and history. Mm-hmm. And by working with those amazing group of people for all that period of time, that built up that reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a season, there was a season where I, where I broke away from Scott. Um, and I, and I still do some other things, but like there was a season where I did, and I've got to tell you, um, it was probably the most challenging, uh, s- season of my life. Um, where, and it's not just due to Scott, but it was just due to a lot of learning and growing and like, uh, getting outside of, you know, that very comfortable place. I found myself working with such a great team of people. Um, once you get outside of your team, uh, it can become very, uh, challenging because you don't have the shorthand that you have with a phenomenal team. Um, and so I know that, I know that like the, the time the I'm speaking of one specific season season, it was like 2012 to 2015, somewhere in there where I basically was like off doing my own thing. And, and man, gosh, every single year was hard the, during that season. Yeah. And, um, and, but I was also doing some really big things, but it was also like, dang, this is just challenging. 
and yeah. and I don't have I don't have the people to lean on like you know like what I'm used to, and mm-hmm. so it was just you know it was a, it was a tough time. But that said, I also got to do some fun fun work. But it, it just took every ounce of energy that I had. Versus yeah. we do some of the best looking, or I don't want to brag about any of this stuff, but we do some really cool stuff now. And, yeah. and, and, um, and because there's a team, there's very much a shorthand and, it, and none of it's really that, you know, like, I don't want to like make it sound easy, but it's not hard. We kind of go in and we all right. know our part and we just do it. And it's like, okay, here we are. We just did another one. And so that, I, don't know, I find that interesting, you know, that hits home so much. Um, you know, I've actually, I think, been through that that type of phase twice in my life. You know, I, mm. I think it was 2004. No, it's even a little previous to that. It would have been 2002 or three is mm. when I kind of stepped away from doing as much stuff with, with Scott and encountered very much the same thing of suddenly everything was harder because you didn't have that kind of shield. The, tr- the uh, trust tree. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, when you kind of get aligned with a, a mentor and someone that's, you know, down the road of you, ahead of you, a good, a good ways. It can kind of help smooth out the path a little bit and show you the the, the potholes and and help guide through things and help help kind of teach you. You know, we, we can all learn how to program consoles and and repair moving lights and all that sort of thing pretty easy. But if there's a, it's the stuff behind that. It's the stuff about how to how to produce a, a quality event and and the you know all those sides that it's so helpful to have someone ahead of you that that knows those things. So when I stepped away the first time, I encountered a lot of what you're talking about. But I was still fairly young at that point. Uh, that would have been my early twenties, and I don't think I had the uh, maybe the emotional depth to understand that's what I was experiencing at the time. But then mm-hmm. I I went and started working at Church on the Move in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and w- was there until two thousand fifteen. And when I left there, um, again encountered exactly what you're talking about. And I, you know, to the two thousand. 11 or 12 to 2015 was, was kind of the heyday of the big productions we were doing at church on the move. We did a few still after that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was no longer a full-time employee there, but the stuff that we're kind of known for doing there was that 2012, 2015. And I left. And at that time, my, my personal brand, if you want to, I, I feel cheesy even saying that, <laughs> that way. Um, but my personal art. brand, personal brand was pretty hot at that time. Yeah, so yeah. was get, getting a lot of calls for shows, a lot of things. But I immediately, immediately noticed that I felt my quality level dropping. Yeah, and that man, that hit my your personal quality. Self, You're like yes, your soul, that, basically. <laughs> that hit my self confidence because you know, for, for you know, for better or for worse. I mean, this is a whole separate discussion. But the, the people that like me and you who are very passionate about what we do, yeah, a lot of our self-identity gets wrapped up in that. And, and I started going out and doing a lot of the events that, uh, I mean, I, I even, some of these events are events you do and have done from time to time, but some, some of the conferences, some of the things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the clients seemed happy, but I wasn't because mm-hmm. I was like, I, a year ago I was doing this better. What has happened? What has happened? And after about, I, I don't know how long it was, it was a few months, maybe six months or something. I've kind of spinning my wheels a little bit in this area. I went, Oh, I don't have my team. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it went from, um, some of y'all listening won't have any idea what I'm talking about here. Uh, but some of you guys who are, are familiar with, with some of the church on the move stuff, will we'll get this, but you know, I didn't have an Andrew stone there with me. I didn't have a Chico. Um, I didn't have, uh, you know, Andrew Swan, Tom Dorner, some of these other guys that were there that even though they maybe didn't directly have any, you know, specific things to do with the lighting and the production design, them, their, them being high level performers at their craft and us having that shorthand that you you talked about where where you hardly even had to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was just understood. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we do it. So even if something goes wrong in the event or there's a, a last minute change, you don't even have to talk about it. You just um, you just know because you've done it so many times before. Um, and I didn't have that. You know, it was new people every time. Um, wonderful people, but we didn't have that that common language, that familiarity, just like what you're talking about. And believe it or not, that right there is exactly why DC pro exists today. Mm. Um, we, I realized that if I wanted to perform at the level I want to perform at, if I wanted to have that quality level that I could not do it alone, I had to surround myself with other people who were as passionate about what they do as what I, what I, as, as I am about what I do and re- rebuild that team. So yeah. Well, there's, we there's so much to be said about that. I try to, I try, I'm the same as you in that way. And, and that once you've tasted it, 
you don't want to do without it from that point. Like once you've experienced working with phenomenal group of people that um, you just get so much more done with because everybody understands what you're after. um, You just don't ever really want to live without that again. It's like, okay, I got to do this forever. And so you're building that in Tulsa there, which is really exciting to watch and, 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 and to some degree be a part of, I've gotten to do things with you and it's, it's always a blast because your guys are, you're, you're building this, like, you know, you're building a culture. And I think, I think that's, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, anyway, yeah, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. Oh, thanks man. I know I'm excited about it. It's, you know, like everything, there's great days and there's days I just want to pull my hair out and quit and (laughs) <laughs> Go find a, a nice uh, 500 person church that I can be the LD at and <laughs> s- settle into retirement. But uh, no, it's great, man. It's uh, I'm, I'm teasing, of course. It is uh, one of the most fun, most rewarding things uh, I've ever done in my life as far as my career yeah. goes. Yeah, no, and, and it's something to be really proud of. It's something to be really, really proud of, in my opinion. Um, it's very exciting. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm blushing here, so switching gears a little bit. Um, so, um, one of the things that I have always admired uh, about you and that you are, are so great at um, is your CAD work and your paperwork oh. side of things. You know, that's that's one of the things we've brought you in for uh, at DC Pro a few times, and we're going to do some more of in the future. Awesome. Um, but man, I'd love to just pick your brain about. So, so you're, you're primarily a heavy Vectorworks user. Yeah, that's still the case. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. Now, now that's kind of what, what I know you for, um, or one of the things I, I know about you. Um, how, you know, that area is constantly changing. We're getting yeah. new technology. There's new programs come out. Things are changing. Um, what are you seeing right now? Are you still seeing things kind of heading in the Vectorworks direction or yeah. are you using any, any, any other pro- products? I don't, I don't know. Let's just, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a number of things that are, that are sort of changing. I feel like Vectorworks is on the front end of that. So they're, they're kind of helping, they're kind of helping this transition. Um, I think they realized along with some other companies, um, Grand MA, Roby, um, mm-hmm. and a number of other manufacturers that have gotten on board, but they realized that they needed to, they needed to come up with a consistent way to get information from one platform to another. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll, I'll speak about that a little bit, which is probably the most exciting thing that's happening right now is, there's a there's two new technologies. One is MBR, and the other one is GDTF. And there you you might hear them. They're like words that are going around our industry right now. But but they really are uh, kind of groundbreaking ways to do what we do. Um, big challenge over the over the last fifteen years, I'll call it maybe ten years, fifteen years, is I've always done previs. Right, every time we get done with a design we end up moving the whole thing into a previs software and a previs is like where you, yeah, do I need to probably need to explain that? Right. Yeah. And so yeah. previs is, is a, is a piece of software. Um, and there's different manufacturers that make it, uh, make versions of it, uh, that allows you to pre-visualize your show in a 3d environment. It's like playing a video game. So pre-program it. Yeah. You can plug your lighting console in, you can turn the lights on in that 3d environment. And you can begin programming the lighting right there, uh, you know, on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all that said, that's always become a really big part of what I do with the CAD piece. So I'll, I'll draw the whole show, model it. We'll create the design, present that. And then we'll move the whole thing into the, into the 3D software that we're going to use to do the previs. And then we program the show and then we go to the actual show and do the show. So that's been like a thing for 15 or more years. I think I started doing previs back in the early 2000s. So it's been a long time. I'm going to pause, pause you for a second because this is a question I get asked a lot. Yeah. So after, after you program it in previs, yeah. and I, I know the answer, but I'm kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Once you program it in previs and you've got that show file saved and you arrive at the venue where the rig's actually set up in real life and you load your show file, is everything perfect and ready to go at that point? Yeah. So let's go back to the early 2000s. No. Zero <laughs> percent. I mean, horrible. What would, what horrible, would you say? Horrible. Yeah, like, 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 like tanked yeah. my whole plan on one tour I did. I mean, I remember showing up. It was actually in Tulsa. We were doing rehearsals at the Maybe Center with an artist, and literally, yeah, literally. Uh, Sorry, I probably shouldn't say that. Edit that out, Jeff. <laughs> don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need to say oof about the Maybe Center. It's a wonderful place, wonderful college, amazing venue. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry. But anyway, bottom line, I remember showing up at a at a show. Uh, 
at rehearsals and, and it was at the maybe center in Tulsa. And we, we got derailed because I'd done previs and I hadn't done it right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not, again, the software was very early back in these days. Um, and it just didn't look like what I programmed in the room and, 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 and it just was not a good experience. It was actually a horrible experience and very time consuming to repair. Okay. So that kind of lit a fire under me like, hey, we got to start figuring out a way to be really accurate about this stuff um, and really accurate about the way that we're, that we're doing this pre-bit. And so that's where CAD comes in. You spend a bunch of time building these models that are like really dead on correct. And then you hang it exactly that way whenever you get to the live show. So that means all that information needs to make it into your pre-bit model. Okay, so I'll, now we'll come back to MBR. What Vectorworks created is they created this technology called MBR, where you can export your Vectorworks file into a .MBR file. And it takes with it all of the information that you put in your Vectorworks model, the model itself, any information that you turn on in Vectorworks and export is going to end up in this MBR file. Well, now all of a sudden, I can move that MBR file into any compatible piece of software. So who's compatible? Well, everyone. They've all adopted it. Everybody's adopted it from your WYSIWYG right down to your capture, down to your, you just name it. You know, they all, MA3. MA consoles. Yeah, MA consoles now accept MBR. Um, And so now we have a a standard file that we can import into any other piece of software that allows us to bring Mm -hmm. our, not only our patch, but also, you know, all of the modeling information as well. So trusses, scenic items, video pan, all of it can all move between these different pieces of software. So that's that to me has been the biggest advance that I've seen in the last 20 years probably, is mm-hmm. that all of a sudden the industry is standardized on something. And that's hard to do in our business because I mean we've seen we've seen how slow things move, like DMX five twelve, for instance, has been with us since the nineties. Right. And really, it doesn't seem to be going away even still. It's getting closer, but still, it's still a major, major player. Um, So anyway, all that said, that's very exciting. Then GDTF being the other piece of that, which is basically a generic fixture model. We've been talking about for uh, 15, 16 years now. Uh, I remember when the Jans Vista came out, give a little nod to Jans. They, (laughs) They were very strong about this generic fixture model and how you could generically copy and paste information between different fixtures. Um, so this fixture had color, this fixture has color. We can copy and paste that color to that color. It's pretty amazing what they did actually back in the day. But anyway, well, mm-hmm. now the industry has a platform to build to build on. Now all the fixtures are in this GDTF format. So GDTF can go between all the different pieces of software as well. So that's between those two MBR and GDTF, I think we're starting to see a complete standardization um, to where we can move our information between different pieces of software. So as we're trying to do paperwork, um, we can easily, we can easily uh, move our information out of Vectorworks and into the console and into our pre-visualization platform. You know, it's just really powerful what we're able to do now quite easily. Add to that, yeah. I want to add to that, another piece that has been so time-consuming over the years has been rendering. Um, mm-hmm. We end up rendering these live shows and they take forever to get done. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden, um, WYSIWYG and Capture, even MA3D uh, to some degree, have all gotten high enough quality um, where they allow reflections and different things that are um, important in a rendering. Um, all of a sudden, they're all now high enough quality that we can actually uh, move our models into these pieces of software and create our renderings much faster. Uh, we're not yeah. having to do rendering passes. We're actually now just programming the lighting and hitting a button to take a screenshot and it's pumping out something very beautiful. Uh, Absolutely. so it, that used to be a, uh, I've done two, I've done three major rendering projects this year and, and I'm getting them done in, in probably the time as I used to, which is saving my clients right. money. And it's also giving me my life back. I'm not sitting in front of a computer watching it <laughs> spin, watching wheels spin. So yeah. uh, that's that to me are the two most exciting things that are that have probably happened. It's, does that? I hope that answers the question. <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, that's yeah. wonderful, and that's that's yeah. a lot of the same stuff we're experiencing. You know, uh, kind of the, just the way the direction is headed. It's it's very rare, and I mean very rare that I'm sitting in front of CAD anymore. But um, I'd say is 
as far back as maybe two years ago, we even started having to switch up the way we did it. Cause you come at me being a vector works person as well, kind of come from that background. But, um, I just was getting to the point where things were happening at such a quick pace that I could not render in Vectorworks anymore. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. didn't, ha- didn't, didn't, have the, didn't have the time for it. Um, so we started switching to, um, we would do our renderings in WYSIWYG the way mm-hmm. you just explained. Mm-hmm. We'd build out the rig, we would create a lighting look, and we'd do a screen capture, and that was our, our rendering. Mm-hmm. And then, but WYSIWYG is a wonderful, wonderful program, but coming from Vectorworks, I personally was not a huge fan of the paperwork mm-hmm. side of it. And by that, I mean, uh, when it actually came time to uh, execute build plots, patch sheets, a lot of that, I just I didn't love the way it did it. So we would build the renderings in WYSIWYG. Um, once, that, once the job was approved, we'd switch over and start from scratch in Vectorworks to draw out the technical drawings in Vectorworks. And once that was done, we would go back to our WYSIWYG file and previs in that problem with all this, which I know you're aware of, but for anybody uh, playing along at home, any changes that happened over the course of that project had to happen in at least two pieces of software mm-hmm. and then also in our con- our console at the same time. Because, you know, you move fixtures around, you repatch, you do whatever, we have to change it in the CAD, yada, yada, yada. Tons and tons of wasted time because you're duplicating process through the whole thing, which is exactly why this MVR uh, GD. GDTF? GT? Yeah, GDTF. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, was it Jim Tan Laundry? Is that what the, <laughs> the uh, at uh, the Jersey Shore said? Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why those file types, yeah. Uh, I, here's, here's for the record, I've actually never watched an episode of that, but my, <laughs> my wife has, and she tells me about it. I'm sure. Uh, that's great. Uh, my wife loves so, the Kardashians, so there you go. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Hey, hey. Uh, I'll I'll stop talking about that there because I'll probably make jokes that I'll get in trouble for later. <laughs> um, so we have these file types out now that we have that, uh, as you explained very well there, smooth out all that. And it's much easier to move data from application to application. Now, on our end, uh, one of the things that's starting to throw a wrench into it, which I hope gets uh, resolved soon, is we've actually found, and I say we, it's uh, our lead designer at the company now is Brian Landry. Actually, I need to do a podcast just with Brian at some point, because mm-hmm. for DC Pro, he's really the one that leads the charge in all this for us now. He has started doing a lot of our renderings in Unreal Engine, which, phenomenal. oh, holy cow, yeah, look amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Game changer. Um, He's starting to uh, integrate some virtual reality stuff into it. So we actually had a big job last year that we pitched uh, entirely in VR. The The client, uh, the main client um, was having trouble really getting the the feel for the design through flat renderings, just still still image pictures that we printed out and uh, are not printed out, but put on a screen. And it, it, because looking at a 2D image, even if it's, 3d design still a flat image on a screen you really it's hard sometimes to capture scale and you actually helped us out on the front end of this project because mm-hmm. you drew the venue mm-hmm. for us on that one mm-hmm. um but we ended up taking your vectorworks venue importing that through a couple other programs and created this virtual reality experience mm-hmm. for this client so we went into their venue that was currently under construction Set, do it a VR setup in the middle with you know a TV so that we could see what they were looking at, and the client actually got to walk through their venue post remodel, full install done, and see what all the lighting would look like. See what the you know we were even able to again using some of the stuff you did for us. They were able to see seat color, wall design. You know we we didn't just do the lighting; we did the full room treatment, and um, it was amazing. You know most of the time in that previous pitches to that client. It was always, well, this is okay, this is all right, this looks good. Uh, that client kept the VR headset on for 30 minutes, which 30 minutes maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but sitting there in it for 30 minutes, trust me, it's it's that's a lot to be sitting there in, a, in it with a VR headset on. But they they were able to get so much more representation after out of walking through that in a virtual reality environment um, that it was just, it was funny, question after question after question, what about this? How's this work over here? How's this? but zero changes once they got to see that in that environment. So I'm, I say that to say tied into this conversation, I'm excited to see virtual reality continue to grow in our industry. Cause yeah. um, we've done a couple of little small projects with it since then, but that was, that's our one really major one we've done with it so far. It was such a different result that I'm now curious if um, in the next few years, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, if we're going to start seeing, virtual reality capability for pre lighting. Now, I don't know how you program 
with a previous heads with a virtual reality headset on. You have to have uh, a virtual console. Right. Either a virtual console or you do the programming outside of VR and then watch it back in VR. Yeah. You got any thoughts about that? You've been hearing anything about that? um, So, no, I don't don't know that we're going to be programming in VR soon, but I do know that... um, you know, carbon for unreal, for instance, they're, they're making a lot of strides. Dave Perkins down there in Florida, he's making a lot of strides in making lighting easy to and unreal. And, Mm -hmm. um, I know they're, I know they're building up a huge fixture library and all kinds of things that are just making it really smooth and simple. Um, and they're, I believe they're adopting MBR very soon as well. So that's very exciting. So getting your project into Carbon or into Unreal just in general is going to become a lot easier. So that's mm-hmm. that's really, really exciting stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, I think um, the virtual reality thing, I think from a presentation standpoint, that's the future for sure. Mm-hmm. I know Apple's for been sure. talking a lot about AR and there's a lot of like rumors going around about how they're going to do some glasses at some point. I mean, I think when that happens, I think if and when that does happen and they can bring it to fruition in a way that the public adopts, I think we're going to have a very different approach to design because we're going to be able to say, hey, uh, look at this empty lot over here and we'll show you your building. Look at this empty space and we'll show you uh, your design for your live show. Um, We'll show you your building renovation. We'll show, you know, you can just go down the list. Mm -hmm. And I, and so I think that's coming. And I think, I think, uh, you know, the tools are still going to be needed. You know, all the things that we know how to do modeling and all that types of stuff, that's, that's all still, um, going to be really necessary going forward. I just think the way that we present that information may change quite a bit. I I hate paper. I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't like paper at all. (laughs) Um, I don't like printing things. I I don't like giant plots. Um, but it's really hard for the crew to carry around iPads all day. So it's just not really practical, but I could see a, I could see a world, uh, where AR kind of plays a role in that. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. right away. I think it's probably in 10 years, but, but I think there could be a, a, a way to make that really, um, approachable for people. Hey, you've got your glasses on here. I'm going to, I'm going to beam the plot into your glasses and you're looking at all the things you want to look at, you know? I want either that or I want a little uh, attachment for my iPhone yeah. that is a little laser laser projector <laughs> where I can project the screen onto the wall without having to have or the floor or wherever. Yeah. Uh, or for that matter, matter, you know, I'm thinking back to like R2-D2 and Star Wars. Maybe it projects a little 3D uh, hologram for me where you can actually see the design in 3D. I mean, seriously, think about that. We're not that far away from that. No, it's really it uh, really is coming. And I think I yeah. think for for the young for the young bucks out there that are wanting to learn. I say, get involved in modeling and like start learning mm-hmm. how to draw. Start, start yeah, learning th- how to create 3D, shapes, you know? For the record, 3D, 3D modeling, not runway modeling. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not runway modeling. Totally. Different, different no, that's a, great, that's, <laughs> that's a great thing to say. You know, the, the designers of the future in our industry aren't going to be the guys that know how to program the consoles. I mean, and, and I think we're already there even. I've, I've run across designers on occasion that probably haven't touched a console in years. You really want to be a designer in this industry? Focus on things like Vectorworks, WYSIWYG, Unreal Engine. And the, the advantage to that is, you know, you and I got to be around for the very start of lighting and video technology starting to merge together. Yeah. You know, you and I were there when Catalyst first came out. And were some <laughs> of the, you know, yeah, some of the, the, the initial people that got to kind of use that uh, over the first couple of years of its life and got to watch that grow and change. And uh, now that's just kind of accepted of, of media servers is like, well, yeah, of course you have media servers. You and I remember when a media server was a, a crazy concept that you only did on the biggest of the big shows. Yeah. Um, but that's changed and that's happened now with the way that, uh, programs like Unreal Engine, um, which is really a video and like a video game creation software, is starting to branch over into our industry and the lighting side. If there is, if you're young LD and want to get going in this industry and there's one thing I think you should focus on right now, it would probably be Unreal Engine because yeah. Disguise use, uses it. Uh, as we mentioned, we're with Carbon, uh, the Carbon plugin for it. We're starting to see it uh, used more in uh, design. Um, I f- believe from what Brian told me, there's even potentially a previs application. Yeah, Car- Carbon. Yeah, I know Carbon does the previs yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah, it does. There, you, there, you, there you go. So we're but between that and MVR, we're starting to see the walls kind of fall down between 
different areas. And if you can get good at something like that, that is useful for video, that is useful for, you know, content creation and is also good for, you know, lighting creation, that's the secret. That's mm-hmm. the niche to be in coming up because then you can, you can create your own visual content that's going to go on the LED wall on stage. Mm-hmm. You can also use the same softwares to create your production design for the show. You can mm-hmm. use the same softwares to pre-visit. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's, that's the direction we're heading in. You know, what's so, you know, it's so crazy. Just a little tidbit here. All the, all the most recent renderings I've been doing, um, I've been using an actual media server and feeding the video information onto all the surfaces live in real time. And it's allowing me to create very realistic video looks um, without having to do a bunch of graphics, like without having to spend a bunch of time in Photoshop creating like the video looks like I actually am just creating them the way that I would if I was on a show. Um, so I've just been using Mbox plugged into the previous computer and like streaming the video over NDI. That's another technology, by the way, the way that we can pass video over a network cable now via NDI. Whoa, game changer. <laughs> we have done a little bit of that when it comes to the previous side. Yeah. Like we have, we have sent video into the previous file for the programming side of it yeah. to kind of be able to see the realistic backgrounds. We haven't done that so much on the rendering side, at least not that I'm aware of because since it's a, it's a usually a flat rendering, it's not something, you know, we don't, we're not usually generating out a video or, a, um, I'm trying to remember, Oh, you know what? We tried to do it with that VR experience, but it was just, uh, I can't remember if it was the software or the hardware couldn't quite keep up with it. Yeah. Computers. Um, it, once you start doing like NDI input, a bunch of light beams and all that stuff, it starts mm-hmm. to become a lot for computers these days, but we're going there. I mean, we're already, yeah. we're, we can do it. It's just, you know, it might be a little bit more limited, but the ability to yeah. do it's incredible, you know? So bringing that back to the, the applications for, for probably the primary or the, the, you know, most of the people listening to this podcast are likely, you know, production professionals, professional at churches, uh, where I see some of this applying to that industry type, you know, our industry in that way is, um, satellite campuses are becoming so common for churches. I, it's it's almost getting to where it's rare to find a church that doesn't do satellite campuses. So if you're trying to still maintain a very high quality event, um, you know that that is somewhat polished, somewhat produced out, um, we're getting close to the point to where you could actually previs your entire event, not just lighting, but previs your video playbacks from ProPresenter or all that through it in a piece of software where you could actually rehearse offline outside of that campus in case the campus is a portable campus or the venue shared or something, or maybe just your entire creative team is from the, um, your central campus and you, um, you know, you want to be able to produce that out and then send it out to the other teams. Uh, we are very quickly getting to the point to where that's going to be relatively easy and relatively affordable to do. So, yeah, no, it's, 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 we're in a, we're in a whole different world than we were. 15 to 20 years with that type of technology. I mean, the ability, and, and you can see it, you can see it in the everyday world right now, Daniel, like every show I'm watching right now, the quality is just like way higher than it used to be. And the timing and the precision, the things that we're doing nowadays because of uh, our industry adopting, you know, uh, added modeling and all the different things that we do now. I mean, every show you see is technically way more complex than what we were doing in the eighties and nineties. So to drive home the the point of what you're saying there, it's not even necessarily like the technology that's at the show. It's the technology that allows us to prepare ahead of time. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's, that's allowing us to do that. Yeah, Absolutely. that's right. That's right. Well, dude, I, I could probably, it, we're 50 minutes in, uh, <laughs> five zero minutes in. I could talk for another 50 minutes. I'm very much enjoying this conversation. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of at the time we usually stop here. And uh, dude, I, I, we actually, you and I got to have lunch um, a few months ago over here in Tulsa. And uh, it was funny. That's where the idea for this one kind of came up again. I went, man, I just enjoy talking with you. And it's always a fun conversation. And a lot of this, I just think other people would like to listen to. So I'm going to stop us here for a couple of reasons. One, I know we both have stuff we got to go do. Two, uh, I want to have you back on. And I would love to even maybe make this a regular recurring thing. Maybe every few months, you and I just align our schedules and find some time to chat about what's going on and what we're each doing. And, uh, Maybe some people will enjoy listening to that. I would love so. it. I would love it. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to hear I, every time I get to do one of these, I get to hear back from people. And so I love getting to hear from people and hear what they're thinking, hear if they've appreciated something or if they'd like to hear about something. 
um, you know, please feel it. free to reach out to me on social. If anybody's, if anybody wants to like, you know, talk about specific topics, I'm always happy to talk. So. I love that. And, and yeah, for, you know, I'll embarrass him for a minute. Y'all Tony is uh, one, absolutely one of the best lighting designers and production designers I know. Uh, he has a deeper knowledge of CAD and those things than I could ever hope to. Uh, wonderful all around human being, very much a heart to share for our industry. And I'd encourage that as well is one of my favorite things about the industry. This industry is the way the community has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that people like in your position, um, you know, when you and I, came up through the industry, it was actually hard to find people who would teach and train and, and pass on that knowledge to you. We were, that's where we were fortunate to find like the Scott Moores. Now that seems to be a much more common thing. So guys, uh, yeah, I highly encourage you. If you have the opportunity, if you have the need, reach out to Tony, um, and you know, reach out to us, a DC, DC pro too. Um, I'm, you know, I spend most of my time now worrying about things like uh, payroll taxes and that sort of stuff. So if you, if you want to talk about that, then I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation, but you know, um, reach out to Tony with questions like that. Reach out to Brian Landry there at DC pro or, you know, Tyler Rowland who heads up our sales and install department, incredibly knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy. Um, take advantage of being able to reach out to people who are maybe a little farther down the road from you. Cause most of the ones now are, are, um, very willing and even excited to share that information because we've discovered it helps our entire industry grow. And That's as right. Tony kind of was talk, talking about at the beginning of this podcast, we're short people. So all of us are excited about right now about training, teaching, growing, because frankly, we need you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need you for our tours. We need you for, you know, the positions at the churches. We, we, we need more people. So definitely take advantage of that resource. Well, Tony, thanks so much, man. Enjoyed it. Um, as always, uh, I know actually you and I will be talking more soon because we're doing some offline stuff. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting. We're doing stuff. <laughs> we're doing stuff. Yay. We're doing stuff and we're not having to wear a mask while we're doing it. That's so right. Exciting. That's right. Yeah. All right, dude. Love you. Appreciate you. Glad, uh, glad we got to chat and uh, look forward to next time. Daniel, thank you again so much for having me on. And hey, I'll be looking forward to the next one. Hey, have a good one, everybody.